You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's time to put the children and project managers to bed. We're here to talk code. Episode 243 of PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. Why did the thing change to on air? I just noticed that. And Tom Rideout. It's <clears throat> because we're on air now. But I don't. None how, of this matters change? to anybody it, listening to the audio how does podcast. None of this. <laughs> I know, but I want to know how it changed. Well, no, then nobody sees it either on the screen. That's true. <laughs> I, I literally don't know why. So, for everyone who's listening, we're using a new video video sharing service called OBS Ninja or Video Ninja now, and uh, we're we're trying to get away from Skype because the stories Skype. are true. <laughs> Skype. Yeah, Skype. So, one, talk talk a little bit about Video Ninja. You said this is an open source project. Yeah, so this is an open source project by a guy during the pandemic who said, "Hey, I want a good way to manage doing video broadcasts that I normally have to use Skype for." It's an all in browser thing. It's all P two P. There's peer to peer. So our video streams are going out to a website that splits it up and shares it back to us. And then I can hop into OBS and give it a video feed and say, Hey, the video source is this URL and magically it works. Um, or magically it's supposed to work. Eric, do you know what I just realized? We started this without having to go and change all of our audio settings. <gasps> well, that's the idea. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, that was such a pain in the no ass with Skype. with Skype. Yeah. Oh, no man. more Skype. I'm so happy right now. Thank you, Thomas. So that's uh, thank you, Thomas. Thank you. I know you did a lot of hard work on that, looking was, for a uh, looking was, for alternative. It did take a couple days to get down to like what, exactly what I needed. Well, we tried a few solutions too. We tried Jitsi. Uh, I I was very hopeful with Jitsi. Uh, there was there's all this talk about um, Zoom being able to pipe zoom through obs and right so zoom kept kind rooms, of waiting for them yeah zoom rooms can do it but zoom itself mm-hmm. can't so yeah we've been wanting to do this for a while so yeah it's cool and honestly i mean i don't know what the stream is going to be like but i see my quality and john's quality are seem better than what skype was for sure thomas you're just a you're just a train wreck of a person yeah, but I love yeah. It. you. Got you got cool swag. You got a nice shirt on. You got the OG Dude, Big OG D Dev. for Diego Dev, the Big D as um, I call it. Yeah, I get some cool uh, little features too. Like um, if I wanted to, I can just hang up on Eric or like mute him individually. Like right now, real quick, Can't real hear quick a thing he's saying. Nothing. I I am totally it's totally going to pull this through. from him. He's going to not be. <laughs> The person anymore. Yep. I will pull the OBS stuff from him. I can and, send and like keep little, in mind individual messages. All this stuff, all this stuff is going on the audio stream. So you're only robbing the people who care more about us and want to watch the live stream. Tom is choosing to rob you. Yeah, no, absolutely. because the audio people are going to hear all that stuff. Everything I just said, why he had me on mute, all that gold, they're going to hear. Yep. <laughs> 
Mm, you guys keep that in mind next time you send me an angry email. Derek's talking about them too much. Okay. <laughs> Not better or anything. Eric, right. how was your week? Hey, you know what's hysterical, John? Uh, Tom what? just muted himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, yeah, can. my week was good. Actually, I have some exciting stuff. I have some stuff I can't talk about yet. It is driving me crazy. And I I so wanted to tell John today. And I don't know what it is to know if it involves John. So I didn't. But I've got some exciting things might be happening. I don't know. I'm probably playing it up too much. That is the worst. And I'm not telling you guys. All right. So I will say. I'm bugging you all day tomorrow. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Because, I mean, technically, I wasn't set, I wasn't told not to say anything. But if it's something really cool, I don't want to say anything. I just want to tell you so bad. You'll never guess. You would never guess what it is. Somebody reached out to me and said, hey, I got this cool idea. You got some free time. And it's somebody I'm. You've got free time. A fan of, and I'm how like, do you, how do you have free time? Baby, you you say the time, and I'll be there. And I got a calendar invite, a calendar, 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 calendar. calendar. <sighs> I so bad want <sighs> to tell you, John. You can't but even tell me off the air. I had the message and a screenshot queued up to send to you, and I'm like, no, because what if it involves John? And I'm completely ruining it for him. So, no. What, I can't, what is it? I can't tell you. What is it? I can't tell you. It's going to be so. It's somebody you know. It's somebody we all know. We all know this person. Historically, know it's going to be terrible. You know that. <laughs> yeah. I was just excited to get an email from him. And, and it didn't have any legal so rating on it or anything. Okay. Them. I said them. Did I say him? Yeah. Oh, maybe I did say him. Them. Uh, I got got an email from them, but we all know this person. We all know who this is. Is it if it's Taylor? You, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Taylor started ghosting me. I'm actually getting nervous about Taylor. I uh, I I, I, t- I already told you guys. Yeah, I tell you guys everything. I, I'm interviewing him for a PHP Architect, and I even put it in. If you're a subscriber to our Patreon. And you're in our Patreon Discord channel. So first step would be going to our Discord, discord.phpugly.com, getting in there. There's plenty of channels in there. Everybody has a good time. We talk all week. We have internals people. We have people from other podcasts. We have people from around the world. Like pretty much any any time of day, there's some cool conversation going on, on in there. Uh, but once you do that, then you head over to patreon.com slash PHP ugly and become a Patreon supporter. And there's a special channel in discord, which will pop into every now and then and kind of give some insight. So I'd gone in there and given everybody an opportunity to say, Hey, if, you know, you have an opportunity to ask a question to Taylor. Uh, what would it be? And I got some, I got some questions. Mm. So anyways, you got one good, question. he started, he, he started ghosting me. I'm like, dude, are you gonna are you gonna respond to any of these? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting a little concerned, man. I mean, I got I've got all of uh, all of July to write the article, so I'm not over. I'm not pressing up against anything yet. But It'd be I nice just to like get to have done. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I usually like to have my first responses by the beginning of the month, because if I want to follow up with additional questions, then I have a week or two for them to respond to that. Uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm not overly concerned. But then, so this other thing happened with this individual who we all know, who (laughs) I will even... Even put a little bit more, put a little bit more sugar on it. Who we all haven't heard from in a little while, and COVID. <laughs> it was uh, they had reached out to me, so I'm super excited. And the moment I find out that I'm not spoiling anything for you or the show, I promise you, I will let you in on it. If if I get the okay, like I, I honestly have no idea what it is. the The email was very very quick. Of hey, long time no talk. I have a pretty cool idea. Are you free to talk? And it was somebody who doesn't reach out to me on a regular basis. I don't think they've ever reached out to me. And I saw this email. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and they, they, I sent them my, my calendar, calendar, whatever the thing's called, where they can schedule a meeting with mm-hmm. me. Sent it to them. I said, you pick a time and I'll be there. And they picked a time. And what time? Now what this next Thursday before the show. <laughs> So gotta wait a whole week. Okay, so this drives me crazy. But hold on, I'm not done. I'm Eric's not done. week was a Lovecraftian mystery. I I I continue. I continue. Like something happened. Like a beacon went out. Like COVID is over and something's going on. Another person reached out to me. Another person who I'm sharing with you guys because I was ecstatic. I got a telegram from friend of the show, TJ Miller, and he's like, "Hey, man." What is I hear you're you're not using Nerd Tree, and I'm like, dude, you want to go there with me? Let's go. And we we've actually been going back and forth for the last couple of days. I got him on uh, Neo Vim now. He's using the same uh, repo that I I shared with the show last week as like the Cedar. Which spoiler alert: if you happen to look at that repo, this guy has been streaming all week and has redone the entire repo. So you're going to have to refresh. But uh, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, I still, I still haven't shown John. John mentioned that he wanted to see it. I'm still learning my way around it, but I, I'm pretty much there now. There's a couple more tweaks I got to make with it. But this, this uh, implementation is called Luna. Luna Vim, I think, is what he called the repo. It's in last week's show notes, so it's there. Uh, I'll put it in again this week if you guys are interested. I was gonna say I don't see it there. I see the, his the YouTube channel for Neo Vim. And I remember you oh, sharing okay. a. You shared a link to like the the dev version that's not that hasn't been released yet. But I don't know what happened. Oh, to that. was it not released? Was it not released yet? I th- I thought that was a thing. Was it wasn't fully at. like you could still install it, but it wasn't. Oh, NeoVim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah. so a lot of stuff I'm doing in NeoVim requires NeoVim five. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know what the status of that is yet. But uh, me and TJ Miller, we've been going back and forth for like the last couple of days. First thing fantastic catch up with the guy he, he I, i've been a big fan of tj miller's for a while uh he's just such a cool person uh very uh he, i mean if you need help tj he's helped me out with so much stuff with docker uh i mean just about any question i had i feel like i could ask tj and the guy had a response for me um but uh so yeah we've been going back and forth for the last two or three days so he just saw i mean the guy the guy is so 
flipping wicked smart. He drives me nuts because here I am. I, I, I've been playing with it for about a week. He gets in there and like three hours later, he goes, oh yeah, I got all this working. You said you didn't get this working. Don't know why. All you have to do is this, 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 this. I'm like, damn it. That's <laughs> really smart. So he got all my, uh, because the big thing I was trying not to do is uh, I was trying to use the built-in uh, language LSP protocol that NeoVim 5 has in it now. And it just didn't seem like it was working right for me. Um, but, you know, he got his working right away. And then I went back through and got mine working right away. And uh, everything everything is gravy now. And then, of course, I said, you know, I'm like, I got to figure out how they, they're doing formatting because it's, it's it was doing two spaces, the old two space formatting for PHP. I'm like, I, I you know, Storm and everybody else does four, four spaces now. And he he just kicked out the one line of code. He goes, oh, yeah, just add this. So I'm like, damn, that's awesome. So, But the problem with this repo, so I'm going to tell you right now, anybody who's interested in trying NeoVim, if you're not already a, a uh, established Vim user, I don't know, maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. This guy's repo, this person's repo, he leans heavily, heavily into the Lua aspect of uh neovim so all his configurations are lua based configurations so i'm i've been struggling struggling a lot to understand how things are tied together and, and like the new approach with this is uh the, the, everything's not in one big file anymore everybody's breaking their stuff down so i'm trying to learn lua right now why is that i i think i am too <laughs> <laughs> i didn't well, know i was but now i am I'm trying to learn Lua because there's a window management system for OS X that uses Lua scripting for window placement. Really? Yeah, it's called Hammerspoon. Hammerspoon. And yeah. Um, Lua is interesting. I, I I'm going through the uh, learn X in Y process. So uh, learn X in Y minutes dot com will give you learn Lua. That's why. That's where I was doing my C learning. It has learn yeah. C too. So I don't know. I'm. So far, I'm not impressed. <laughs> Frank says it's not a pretty language, but it's a lot like C. Mm. Mm. So two two strikes. Interesting. Mm. Put that over there too. How about uh, how about you guys, uh, John? How's your week? It's been fantastic. I mean, been in, well. I I say fantastic. Meetings Monday and Tuesday, like all day, preparing for the next sprint coming up. Uh, but then just knocking out code, refactoring stuff, adding tests. Can't be happier. I, I, I love testing, especially testing uh, older code. And once that's done, feeling better about it, knowing we can make changes. Um, so, yeah, it's mostly been a good week. Preparing for my, uh, I have a flight next week. So trying to mentally prepare for that. A flight? Where are you going? Florida. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You've seen the weather reports, right? I used to live there. Yeah. Well, Trust me, I, I don't want to go there in summer, but I'm going. Things have been wonderful here. I've, uh, I, oh, were you not done with your week? No, go for it. I, I, I heard heard something going on in Colorado. Oh, there's always dumb stuff going on here, but the weather's been very nice. Uh, it This week's been real crazy with heat waves throughout basically everywhere but Colorado. Um. But it's been, yeah, it's been an oddly pleasant here. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, story point management, a lot of sprint planning stuff, dealing with a, a lot of QA issues. I'm sorry that my week is so boring. Um, how do you guys manage large concepts in tickets? Break them down. Break them down. But how much yeah. do you break them down? Usually it's uh, as small as you can. 
you know, usually there's discussion around it and you try to figure out, you know, a co- through a collaborative effort, usually the product team w- w- comes up with, I want this feature and it's really broad. And then it's up to the devs to figure out, okay, what do we need to do to, to make this work? So do you give story points to architecture conversations? It's So the, the team I work on, we don't do story points. So no, I mean, there, there are, when we do the, the, the big sprint planning meeting, it's mm-hmm. at that point where there's discussion about, you know, what the goal is. And then there's, then we start talking about how we're going to attack the problem and then try to break down and try to realize what's front end, what's back end, uh, and then break it down even further from there, especially for back end. It's, you know, we, we try to make them as small as possible, but so, not always that great at it. In Discord, like Chris is, well, Chris is joking, but he's not wrong. So the, I've found out about this today for the first time. Sprint joking, but not wrong about what? Sprint poker. Have you guys done sprint poker? I haven't, but I've heard of it. I've even heard of it. So the concept here is that someone gives you a sprint task and asks for the story points, and everyone involved goes to a website, literally sprintpoker.com, I think, and gives their points for the task and their reasons for the points. And then all at once they show their hands and say, this task is this many points and here's why. And then they discuss or don't discuss, depending on how much consensus there is, the reason for the number of story points on that task. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's traditionally now, done with, with actual like little cards when you're in person. Yeah. Not, not playing cards, but there's usually. Now Chris here numbers. suggests sprint poker with hand to hand combat. And I kind of don't disagree. I, I don't. What's the hand to hand combat part. I, it's just the seniority of your position as a, as a Trump card. Oh, I hate that. I hate that joke so much. How many epics just, does it, how many epics does it take to actually complete a single ticket? If you want to participate in this conversation, Eric, where can you go? I believe I already told him discord.phpugly.com. Well, I'm very act- I'm very busy actively editing, so I didn't hear you. How are you actively <laughs> editing? <laughs> Sit back and enjoy the ride, baby. We're rolling now. Oh, I We're can't, rolling. I can't. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I'm, I'm I working. Got, I had to go through... I had to go through. Are you are you still doing project management shit? I mean, no, you need, I'm just you saying. I'm, I'm working. Slide. I'm working. Listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna flash yeah, a little, so still talking Vim this is stuff. The cool part. You need this is to the cool part say about the new control room project management shit. Just boop. There doesn't go. matter. Can't interrupt me anymore. It's still it's gonna be really on the audio great. podcast. I promise so, you, this will probably be the last time. I can blind Thomas too. handles production. I can tell you that right now. I can see that he he's he's. He's muting himself out of a job as we speak. <laughs> well, I'm muting you out of my job. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I'm dealing with all of this project management stuff. It's all very new to me, uh, dealing with sprints and epics. And one of my biggest issues is that we have to have two code reviewers on our pull requests. And my team only has one code reviewer and the other team is a European team. So it's like three days to get a typo fix actually pushed out to production. Um, you can't have another developer review the code. It's got to be a code reviewer. Well, there's only one other developer in my team who's capable of doing code reviews. The other team has two backend developers who could do code reviews or three, but again, European time. So if I fix it when they tell me at 7 a.m. that it needs to be fixed, it doesn't get to them as a fixed issue until their time. And but, it's just, uh, 
It's a very dirty back and forth process. I get that. But for a typo fix, you can't have like a front end dev or somebody else that has access to the repo going and say, I approve this and let it go. That's not necessarily a bad idea is to prioritize yeah. the the fixes as who can who can clear it right the the whole having two developers is or having two reviews is great just to get a second set of eyes but for something like that does it really need to go through specific people and at the end of the day somebody is going to be held responsible so if that pr broke the production for whatever reason they're going to go first to you for opening the ticket and saying what happened and then to see the two people that reviewed it. And obviously if it's a typo and you had a non-developer person approve it, it should be no big deal. Right. But if it's a technical PR and you had a, somebody not technical review it, then, then it's on you, right? Hmm. Uh, This is my first experience with startup life. Um, You know, the, the big thing that has caught me is, that I know a lot of these advanced techniques and right way of doing things, but I spent years and years and years just doing things the absolute fastest way possible. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, starting I mean, to, that was the same way. Yeah, I feel like I'm starting to catch up with my own knowledge. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's like you you know you you've you know enough of what you're supposed to do, but because you are by yourself. Mainly, you take shortcuts and don't necessarily do it that way, right? And, bad and then you don't have to practice doing ingrained. it. Yeah. And Chris in Discord says, "Never have the developer who wrote the code validate it." And of course, I agree with that. So it's two other developers. Well, so then you what's have testing, your... Chris? What's testing? What is hmm? it? What's testing then? If you're not validating you... your own code, <laughs> he's talking about approving it in GitHub, jackass. Oh yeah. What if you're using GitLabs or Bitbucket? What are you talking Did about? You... I don't know. What it's, are you I'm, saying? Like I was saying, I'm I'm very stressed out. Like all the spare time the that I have, here. all the spare time that I have, I have been going back to work and just like trying to go one issue at a time through things. Like wake up from a nap and like get on my computer and start fixing things. It is the the startup world is different. Anyways, yeah. Eric, you're bored, I, baby. Project management stuff bores the fuck out of me, and I can't even I can't even stress that enough. I am I am not a fan of project managers. No offense to my project manager people out there. I'm just not a fan. And so that's so John weird. knows John knows my my struggle with this. And and to hear you going down that path makes my skin crawl. Makes <laughs> see, my skin I've always crawl. loved I've always loved my project managers because they're like they're like your babysitters. Like they like they're like you're on the wrong track on this get on the right track. They they are such they they are my connection to the business. Okay, but we're not a project manager podcast. But no, we're that's a fine. software development. You guys are talking podcast. about it. Rod, Roger says he likes hearing about it. Chris has got a bunch of feedback on it. I have nothing to say, so I'm just sitting here quietly. We we do embrace some of those those things. We require code review from other developers before things get merged. So that's the direction I was going down. Uh, Dev, Eric. Dev Circus Eric. wants to know what are some examples of breaking changes in minor Laravel releases? I'll make a list. No, you won't. It'll be a yes, short sir. list. You no. can't. No. Whatever. Yes, John, you had a question for me. I want to know about this Pop OS release that that you have on here. I, I haven't looked into it at all yet. That was going to be my question. I just have it, I have it on here to remind me to ask if you've upgraded the, your Pop OS yet. 
I That's have it. not. There was no big, big, no I, big story. No, it says uh, it says a release of cosmic proportions. So I thought, oh, am I missing something? Should I be upgrading here? No, it's, that's the name you of got, the release, cosmic. Oh, you, you got my hopes all up, <laughs> man, <laughs> killing me. I mean, yeah. but this is no, a I, lot. I upgraded it. This is a lot like the Windows 11 Maybe. stuff, where it's just not like it's really impressive on a technical level, but as a user. Boy, it's not interesting. No, it's minor. It's not. It's not even impressive on a technical level. Track I haven't pad, even trackpad gestures. We don't have laptops, so that's not even an issue for us. The only thing, the only thing I've noticed, John, is now instead of hitting uh, super key backwards or forward slash, you just yeah. hit super key. That's the only only thing you notice different. And of uh, course, hmm. you get you get everything else updated. But yeah, that's all I had there. No big deal. Huh. Well, I was hoping for more of a story there. Well, people are people are saying that like Windows 11 is is trying to be Linux and be Apple, and I don't see it. But that's I mean, also my my big prediction was Windows 11 was going to run Linux. So how's that going? Have they got on on that bandwagon yet? No, it's like it's a new it's a new UI that looks like Windows Vista. I'm very upset. Oh, you have to upgrade within like the the next month, otherwise you lose support for Pop right. OS or for Windows. Yep, Pop OS. Oh, ah, you said Windows. I stopped listening. <laughs> kind of moved on. Again, I haven't used Windows in years. So Eric says I'm not allowed to go through my Trello board because it's all doom and gloom. So I'm just going to go. Thomas, do, do 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 whatever you want. I want to close still, my LinkedIn account. Eric is I probably mad. should. You really should. So the the latest LinkedIn breach. It's too, 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 too late to close it now. They already have it. I well, know. I don't use it anyway. I get more annoyed with everyone wanting to connect on there. I, I God, I'm afraid to even log into it. <laughs> the latest LinkedIn breach was <laughs> they're calling it an abuse of their API, which is the same bullshit that Facebook claimed uh, five years ago. It was like, oh, yeah, our API was insecure, so they abused it. So it wasn't a bug. It was an abuse of the API. Um, no passwords, but, like, all of the other information that that LinkedIn gleans about you, like, uh, inferred salary. So, like, LinkedIn has an internal report of how much they think you make based off of your profile. Um, things like that. Do I really care if people have that? No, but Yes. The the issue with strangers having this kind of information is that it allows for spear phishing attacks and it allows for improved guessing of security values for um, identity theft. And I've seen a huge growth in identity theft stuff on Facebook lately, where it's like they'll say that your your drunk name is the last thing you had to drink and your mother's maiden name. And it's like clearly somebody's scooping this and, data to answer security questions. And people questions. actually answer that? Yes. And there's there's ways that they they mix it up. Like uh, they want your last name, but you hit autocorrect for every letter in autocorrect. It's like it's it looks like it's generating something quirky and funny, but in reality you're just giving them personal information. And people don't realize that these these things that they're sharing, they're applications. They're not a picture that somebody responded ha 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 to. In Facebook's API, you create a website or you create a web tool that generates these images and then auto-fetches all the responses and links them to the account that responded and you can do things with this information. And information is valuable. You know how valuable information is? 
They're practically giving it away for free. This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to HoneyBadger.io and start your trial today. Thank you, HoneyBadger. Honey I agree with you, Darling Data, and Discord. There should be laws uh, to hold these companies responsible, but uh, it's a tricky thing because you got to remember they're the ones that got. I mean, they're they're the one that the crime happened against. That's like that's like somebody holding the person whose house got robbed responsible because you don't feel like they locked their windows well enough. I, it's, it's, it's not the same, but it's, but it's not that different in my, my opinion. Yes. We need, we need more stricter laws and we, there are accountability things, especially when you start dealing with PCI, uh, PCI, yeah, PCI and PII data and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of, I just went through, this massive security audit with one of our clients. Uh, it's it's something that happens every couple years. I think every actually every couple quarters maybe. And uh, it, it's just it, it's so random as well because like we get dinged for things that haven't changed in like the last like since we've taken over the client. There's there's been certain things that that were done that this audit we get dinged for. It's like, wait a minute. That's, that's always the way it's been done. Like you, you've <laughs> never dinged us for this in the past. Um, but the, you know, it, it's just one of these things, man. It's like, nobody wants this to happen to them. And there is that, there is that, um, there are the situations where it's just straight up irresponsibility of the company that does it. But I don't know, man, it's tough. It, it, it's tough to hold the victim accountable for, for the sort of thing. Um, it's, it's so hard though, because your analogy holds up until you start saying that I built my house and something happened. Right. So then I should be held responsible because I built the house and didn't put enough support in the wall. So the, the roof collapsed while somebody was breaking in. Right. I, I don't know if that uh, makes I, I, sense. I think but... that's more, much more of a stretch. I mean, Let's take the Sony, the the big Sony uh, uh, compromise years back. Um, That all happened because there was a open source package that they were using that they they weren't keeping current. And yes, that's, you know, that's some, that's definitely neglect on part of Sony. And Sony paid. I mean, like they have to do credit checks on all those people for however many years. And I mean, there was... Definitely financial cost to Sony, but you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've seen both sides of this and mm-hmm. it's tough, man. It's just, it's just a tough thing. 
It's tough. It's one of the things that I'm currently dealing a lot with is we have an external penetration testing company that's constantly hitting us and saying like, hey, you're passing values in clear text or you're passing. uh, I mean, they're looking at our code. They're saying you're passing stuff and then directly interpreting it without uh, validating the content first. It's Mm -hmm. like we, because we deal with a lot of banking data, have to be double, triple, quadruple secure about everything. And if we're not, the theory is that we're liable. But Right, but but it's the whole Monday morning quarterback thing. So you guys bolt down every avenue you, you can think of to protect. You hire companies to do pen testing, which, again, this, this was one of the situations where when I was in the enterprise management used to always come back and say, why are the pen testing team still finding stuff? I'm like, because you pay them to find stuff. <laughs> it's like, they're always going to find stuff. You know, they, they find like these, these, these things that, that aren't critical, but you know, if that's all they have, that's what they put on the top of their list. Right. Anyways. So you do all that. And then somebody, somebody compromises your system a month later and everybody's like, well, you should have seen this because this is clearly obvious because this person over in another part of the world found it right away. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's it's a tough thing. It, it, there, there has to be better, quicker punishment for, crim- for the p- criminals doing the act. Like the whole somebody breaking into your house. Everybody doesn't try to break into your house because there's a lot of consequence to that that illegal activity that illegal activity doesn't translate to the digital world that well and the fact that your front door is now accessible to everybody in the world doesn't make the situation any better either but i don't know i i i don't know where we're going with this i just say you're never going to be secure if you go into this knowing you're not going to be secure you're you'll be a better person at securing yourself I see you have I see you have Copilot in your Trello board as well, Thomas. Did you want to talk about Copilot? I'd love to talk about Copilot. Uh, Copilot is a new GitHub project, and initially I didn't think it was a GitHub thing, uh, but no, it really is. Right now, it's in a technical preview. You have to sign up for it. You have to wait on a waiting list. Um, but it is a an AI-driven code inspector that works along with you as you code. And I wasn't going to put this on the list. And you know why I put this on the list, Eric? No idea. It's VS Code only. Because VS Code <laughs> is the best IDE. We get, we get complaints all the time for saying the best this or the best that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all about me. VS Code is the best IDE, yeah, so, so and I we, take we, responsibility. Yeah. So we've talked about this for a while, right? About about the the pluses of IDEs and other other tools, and auto completion was kind of one of them, right? In in the suggestion piece of you know, maybe, maybe you, you can restructure the statement or, or use this new convention, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, and, that, and that, that's kind of the same concept behind the whole uh, LSP stuff in in in, in them. Um, but then, then I think I shared it. I, sh- I know I shared it on the show. I, I got it from an article on PHP Architect uh, that Tab Nine, which supposedly uses AI, right? It analyzes the code you're making and then makes suggestions based on that, based on all the learning it did through open source projects, which is kind of the same, but not kind of, is the same thing that uh, this co- co-pilot does as well, right? Is It's, it's learning right. through open source repos. And it turns out Microsoft has something similar as well called sketch to code where you can actually draw stuff up 
on a piece of paper, scanned it in, and their AI will build out the um, the CSS and stuff for it. So the big question is, are we coding ourselves out of jobs? Right? Because <laughs> this stuff is, is getting better and smarter. I mean, this 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 co- co-pilot from GitHub, what I've seen of it is pretty crazy. Like yeah. people just putting in comments and then entire blocks of code getting written after that by the AI is just insane. I was I was very afraid that I was going to mention that and you were going to tell me that the doom and gloom shit's already done with and we're not allowed to talk about it anymore because yeah like the the thing is is as coders we've always we've always said like yeah we you can't code me out of a job like i'm always going to have a job i'm a coder i'm writing the new stuff but then like when a when an opportunity for machine learning comes out and they're like yeah we need 4000 examples of your code so we can exactly duplicate it on demand we're like yeah absolutely sign me up for the beta <laughs> like yeah it seems like a bad idea <laughs> but as an individual you're not going to stop it you know, I, I've seen these AIs write like scripts and stuff, so I'm not overly concerned about it because you know it's never like great. I figure I I only have like ten twenty years left in this business. I, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I've already Same determined here. that my kids are not going to be programmers, so I'm totally fine writing myself out of a job. You realize you can't decide that for them, right? No, I've already determined. I've identified. Okay. What's, identified is way different than determined. Yeah. We're looking much more in the area of, of firework technician than we are of software developer. Fair Carney. Uh, yeah. I have three. <laughs> I have three. Cutting hair is never going to be automated, he says, having not watched Wally in a couple of years. Have you ever seen the Floby? That's pretty damn close. Seen it sucks your soul out what? yeah i it's just it's a it's a strange situation where the ideal for a software developer right now is to have an ai write all your code and like you just do code reviews all day no that's not ideal that's not gonna happen it kind of feels like it doesn't it wow Michael <laughs> oh you're missing out on on uh discord if you're not in there very judgy i did put a nice uh Thinking of you two trying to be nice, trying to extend a little olive branch, put a, a NFT article on my Trello board that I thought was interesting. And the NFT of the web source code was sold for $5.4 million. What is, and what is the web source code? Is it just the first like uh, web server? What is it? It just says it's code. I don't know what it is exactly, but... This was the this was the thing that got me on this. I'm like, I don't care about NFTs. I think they're fad. I'm not I think they're stupid and people who are spending all this money are just looking for things to spend money on. But if you read this article, one of the things you got with the NFT was a digital poster of the full source code of the original web. I'm like, okay, I'm Amazoning that because that's got to be a thing somewhere. I don't need an NFT for that. I want that poster out there. I don't know. I don't know how big of a poster it is. I don't know what language it's written in. I want it though. It's going to go right here over my monitor. That's what you can get me for Christmas this year. That and some whiskey and an apology letter for muting you. I still want to know what the source code is for. I don't get it. I I don't know. The web. I I want the poster. It's for the web. (laughs) Web. Source code poster is what I want. It's got to be a thing. Source code posters, source code posters from Rebubble. Redbubble, of course. What? Is it Redbubble? Oh, yeah. Redbubble. It's always Redbubble. Uh, this is just 
It's the it's the we don't the, uh... care about who has the copyright of internet printing services. Oh, really? Is that is that what is that who they are? Yes. These are just a bunch of these are just a bunch of open source images and stuff. That's not what I want. I want this poster. I don't know what this po- hey, web, website. It's, it's not. Is. It's not. It's not as cool as you think it is. I'm sharing it. Sh- share it. I'm you sharing it too. Things. I'm is sharing. It, is it like four lines? I don't know, John. This looks pretty cool. I think I want this. All right. This isn't even a poster. It's like a memo. <laughs> it's a poster of a memo. <laughs> Supposedly, the the yeah, poster that it was on that the person who bought the NFT got was of all the source code. So I don't think this is really. Yeah, it. that's. I would say this doesn't look. I mean, I don't know how this would be be source code, but it's still pretty cool. Wow. And I this agree. Like NFTs, are, NFTs are still dumb. You were all about the NFTs. What are you talking about? They're no, still dumb. They're they're brilliant, but the the existing implementations are still dumb. The NFTs as a service is great, has a huge amount of potential, but that potential is untapped. It's like it's like having the HTTP protocol without any websites behind it. It is an untapped value, and I I, I want to promote NFTs as a concept because it will build the value the long-term value of these things. But until trading card games get into the NFT game, it's it's not handy. It's just these individual, it's these one-off million-dollar things that are useless to everyone else. I want to talk about this cool shirt that I got. Eric's wearing it right shirt? now. It's not focusing. Yeah. It won't focus because I got, I'm blurring the background. I got the book behind me. Yeah, Joseph Max, Maxwell from Swift Otter wrote a book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging, it's coming out next month in July. And oh, isn't that out yet? It's, July it's is this month. Yet. Oh, yeah. Today's July 1st. It is coming out soon. I think July 6th, he said. I don't know. It was, we talked about it on, on the interview for uh, PHP, uh, the oh, PHP uh, Magazine podcast. I shared, I shared it on Twitter that I got it. And no, I, I think I he's really fine. It, it. It's, he's, he's promoting the book. He wants oh. people to go buy it. Okay. All right. Just so I sure. don't think I don't think there's any issue there. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of the first chapter because I just literally got it last night. Uh, I love his writing style. It's really good. And the very beginning of it brings up a very good question. Not necessarily a question, but the difference between a senior developer and oh, a great, yeah. great developer. And what makes you please a tell, senior please developer? Tell me, please tell me. I, I can't buy the book right now. Please just tell me what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy the book. No, no. I mean, the, a, a senior developer really means nothing. It's a made up title that we give ourselves as we, after we have a, a few years of experience. 20 years. And, okay. But when did you get your senior title? I had it after like two years because I was the only developer and I just called myself a senior developer. I mean, when there I, is no test. There is no anything that says, what makes you a senior developer? It's it's really <clears throat> most it's most visible as the disappointment on my boss's face. It's the like you should have known better versus you should have known not that he should have known better. So, so I'm confused on that. So you're saying you're a senior developer only if you're managing other developers? That's what it feels like. I don't think that's what most people use. As Michael is saying in in Discord, it really comes down to years of experience and in the book he says it seems like once you have five to seven years you're basically a senior developer but that doesn't really mean anything 
in the broad scheme of things, but to be a great developer, you can start that from the day you start coding and it's learning proper techniques and learning how to learn, which is huge learning how to find the resources you need. The whole thing about I, this book is debugging. So learning how to be a great debugger is paramount. But I have I have found that communication with project managers is part of the task of the senior developer. <clears throat> Junior developers, they don't talk to project managers. Well, Do you know what in, I mean? In, in certain organizations, yes. But again, when you're not every organization has that type of hierarchy. So in the grand scheme of developers... Junior usually means I'm fresh out of school. I don't have much experience. Senior means I have experience, but it doesn't mean you are a great developer. A junior developer can be a great developer. A senior developer can be a great developer, but just because you're senior doesn't mean you are great. Well, okay. So the question, I guess, for me is in most organizations, as far as I understand it, titles and pay are correlated. But what I have seen as a developer over 20 years is that when you don't want to pay someone more money, you can give them a title mm-hmm. and that will satisfy them. Mm-hmm. And so I think the 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 concept of a senior developer has been bastardized because of that. It has been like yeah, there's a lot of people out there who were told they're senior <laughs> developers because it saved the company money. That doesn't apply just to senior developers. That's for anything, though. I was vice president of something back in the day because it was a title. It was Bowling Balls, wasn't it? No, it was well before the Bowling Balls. Vice, this was, you, were, you were vice president of Bowling Balls? No. I was. This was when I was with an IT company. And I'm not saying... I went, around, I went around fixing printers. I'm not saying BowlingBalls.com. I'm saying before BowlingBalls.com, someone just made you vice president of Bowling Balls. No. <laughs> for hey, you're stretching it there. For a while, I was president of cicadas. It was great. You are making no sense. I think you're winding the show down as fast as you can. No, I. You know, titles mattered to me when I was younger. Uh, Frank is saying he doesn't need a fancy title, but when I was 25, well, a fancy title kind of meant my career. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through a lot of interviews lately with people who I'm hiring for a pretty low level position who have had the title of vice president, senior developer, project manager, but they actually don't have that experience whatsoever. I've seen that over and over again in resumes where somebody went from vice president of software development at some place to janitor, like literally janitor at a a Starbucks or something. How do we get here from talking about a, a book? I don't even know why I'm promoting it so hard. I just really, um, I've been enjoying it and it's been funny. So I, I brought it up and we, we went down this rabbit hole. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right. Is that it? We wrapping up or does anybody have anything else you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about this facial recognition law. It's not doom and gloom because I have honest questions. So Maine enacted a facial recognition law that basically says uh, police... FBI, you know, government entities can't use facial recognition unless it's specifically requested and has evidence of being needed. And hits off of facial recognition can't be used as evidence in court. And that that part doesn't 
concern me as much as what do you do when you're tasked to implement with some implement something that is illegal in one state somewhere do you know what i mean so this is a, this is becoming a more and more common thing with right to repair facial recognition uh data breaches that kind of stuff um, as a company, has Diego Dev had to say like, no, we can't do that? Not yet. Not not for anything like this. Or nah. We we've had moral conversations about stuff that I mean. I mean, I think the closest we came is we were we were asked to do something that we didn't morally agree with, and just told the client we're not going to do that. And yeah. Yeah, you know, they say they're not a client anymore, but but uh, I mean, we, we've had it, it, it wasn't even necessarily. I don't, I don't even remember it being illegal. It might, I don't remember it being an illegal thing. I just remember it being one of these like morally questionable. That's that that's not cool. And we just told them straight up that you know this is not something we'd be interested in doing. So, so no, when we first established this podcast, we had a rule about not talking politics. And we've we've stuck very strictly to it, I like to imagine. But how do you as a company establish a, a moral boundary? How do you have that conversation? I mean, like, when it comes to political stuff, me and you, you guys, we, we take it offline and we talk about some of it just sort of under the understanding that we agree in some sort of general political areas. But as a company, how do you deal with moral decisions? Case by case basis. Yeah, being the owners of the company, we understand that you know, we, we we can be leaving money on the table. And, and again, it, morality and legality are two separate things. Sure, and I'm not talking about legality, because the the legality of this law is not actually that it's illegal to implement it. It's just illegal Mm. to use implementations, because making it illegal to... yeah. So it's just it's it's a thing for us, right? I mean, we we have a certain reputation we, we like to maintain. We have a certain moral code we live by, and... We understand by by doing that we we will we will not take on jobs and we will leave money on the table and I mean that that's just the the test of your morality I guess is you know if if you're comfortable with that then you're comfortable with that and you move on and if you're not you're not you're not robbing the client from anything that there's always somebody else out there willing to do it it's just yeah I don't know it's not it's really not that big of a deal I mean I, I, I it hasn't been that big of a deal for us yet. There, so there are obviously there's a range of acceptability too. There are things that I don't find moral that Eric does, and vice versa. I'm sure. So there's conversations or there's like concessions made. You know, I don't agree with eating animals. Right, we all know that. But we have a client that takes orders for a menu or for a kitchen with meat product. Right. I could take the I could take that moral stance and say I don't agree with it, so I don't want you as a client. But that's hard because, again, we we have a difference of opinion on that topic, and I make concessions like I'm not gonna stop doing business with this client over this. So there, there's no like clear cut answer. It's case by case basis. Sure, but I'm gonna need a clear cut answer. <laughs> Just stand by your well, stand by your morals and stand by your ethics. So, have you has there been a situation where a an employee of of any of your companies that you've worked for said, "I I don't feel comfortable working on this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you how would you I mean, deal that, with that as a as a as a leader? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the, the one I, I'm talking about is, is actually very tricky. It's it's something that 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 we deal with. But again, if people ha- like if people have a morality, let's take John's example, right? You know, if John said, "Hey, I don't feel comfortable working on." on this client. You know, I, I would respect that. Right now, John's also owner of the company. So, you know, I, it's not like I can hold it over his head. Well, if you don't work on this client, then I don't have anything to pay you for. And that would be kind of shitty for me to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, to, to John's point, you have to make concessions. You know, people, people don't agree on, on the morality of everything in the world. And, and you've got to be, understanding of that and so you've got you've got to make you've just got to have that flexibility i mean there there does get the time there does you do get to to the point where okay well somebody has to do this i i need them as a client they're paying our bill i need them as a client so if you end up in that corner that's that's a different story but in general just be good people just be good people to each other be understanding, be patient, you know, understand that people, people have different points of views on topics. And if, if they don't want to work on something because it doesn't believe with their political view or the religious view or their dietary view or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, if you can accommodate that, just be a good person and accommodate it. Now, if you are, if you're a development agency for the Republican party and somebody doesn't want to work on Republican stuff, then, you have a problem, right? (laughs) There's an issue, but just in general, just be good people to each other. That's all I ask. Just try. I mean, it's not always going to work out, but you'd be surprised how many times it does work out. Yeah. And, and Charlton referenced right of refusal in the workplace, which is a, it's an interesting topic, especially here in Colorado that uh, we're the, uh, we're the, we're considered the no gay cake state. (laughs) Oh, is that is that where that is? Yeah. Lucky you. Oh, yeah, no, it's thrilling. Oh. <laughs> Out of left field, Cosby being released. Since we're- I was hoping you'd try to pull us back into the coding world. I was going to open uh, with that just to uh, ruin uh, the podcast from the very start. <laughs> it's... it's- we're just no, you still yapping at, the, at this at this point. We're just yapping. Nobody's listening anymore. I, I honestly didn't uh, didn't follow any of this. I heard it on the news that like he was being released. I don't know any of the details or anything. So, why so or he's else. he was released on a te- on a technicality. Ooh, no, not a technicality. Well, a fundamental so, right of American citizens. Yeah. So I guess when he was a, <laughs> originally prosecuted. There was some sort of deal made where they wouldn't they wouldn't go after him criminally. Right after that is when he gave a deposition where he admitted giving women quaaludes to have sex with them. Then came the criminal charges, even though he's already been told that he would not be pursued criminally. Yeah, if I'm not wrong, it's six years later under a different district attorney. Right. So the the issue was that he was actually forced to testify against himself because the Fifth Amendment does not apply when you've been granted immunity. So if they say that you cannot be held responsible for the things you say in this in this conversation, then you actually don't have Fifth Amendment rights and can be held in contempt for not saying the whole truth. So he he was in a legal bind where if he had lied he was in contempt but if he told the truth he was admitting criminal action and so he admitted what he admitted which was then used against him in court 
in criminal court to prosecute him, which means that he was denied his Fifth Amendment rights. It's shitty. The situation is shitty. Yeah. And the it's, evidence it's, should it, have been expunged by the judge, which it wasn't, which is why it got overturned. Yeah, it, it was. It, it's a fascinating thought experiment more than anything, because when you look at a single situation, you you can get outraged and be pissed off about it. But expanding it to more general and like you took somebody's word at, you know, we're, we're not going to pursue you criminally. So now tell us all this right. stuff. So, yeah. In in the most normal cases where this happens, the the interviewer will say, if you admit you're guilty, we won't prosecute you. <clears throat> but if you don't admit you're guilty, we will prosecute you for lying to us, which is <clears throat> it's a method of coercing a false confession. Clearly, there is other evidence that backs up that what he did happened. But this happens so frequently in criminal courts in America that you can't just take it for granted that what the evidence that was used against him is true if he was Man, coerced. Man, I missed the Big Bang Theory. If he was coerced into it. Like I said, shitty situation. I agree. Sorry, I, I, it was just a fascinating topic I had to bring up. But it is. I agree with everyone in Discord. The Big Bang Theory is an amazing show, and I miss it. All right, I think we're wrapping up. I really have nothing I, else to talk I, I think about. We, I think we started wrapping up like an hour ago. What uh, are you talking about? I really feel like it. Yeah. I have a lot of PHP stuff for next week. A lot of PHP stuff. So well, see, that would have been freaking fantastic to use this week, but well, I guess if you, I wasn't you decided real, to take the show in a different busy. way. That's, that's fine. This will be it for episode 243. I'm Eric. I'm John. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shout out to php the ugly it's called ugly because it's not professional but i'm about to come through and bless it with style so let's do it when i'm spitting i perfume the room yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom that came from thomas yeah can nobody go beyond this i get the mic and then i'm about to keep it like a promise yeah and y'all know we fill them up with anguish we talking about the php the programming language about to break it down no exaggeration what do y'all do for a living web applications Okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on, hey